0: Hello and welcome to AFCast, I'm your host Malcolm, and today I'm going to be talking about the new Minecraft update, 1.14, otherwise known as the Village and Pillage update, and yeah, it's, it's a, actually a very big update, obviously since it's a title update, but I'm just here to tell you what the new things are, kind of how to use them, etc., like anything like that, just to make sure that when you hop into 1.14, you know what you're getting yourself into, and all that jazz. So, I'm first going to start off with the new blocks um, or just placeable items in the game. So, there are uh, new types of stairs, slabs, and walls. Basically, the stairs and the slabs have uh, a bunch of new variants, and then the walls themselves have a bunch of new variants as well. Um, I suggest looking them up because each of them have about 10 or more uh, differences now. So, yeah. Uh, so, now past that there are now campfires in the game so a campfire essentially you craft a campfire by putting three logs um... at the bottom of your crafting grid uh... with a piece of coal in the middle with uh... three sticks um... one on each side of the coal and then one above the coal and it creates a campfire for you uh... and the campfire can cook stuff infinitely um... but it takes uh... it takes longer so 30 seconds so you don't necessarily need to refuel it but it does take a while for it to cook uh, and you can only cook four items at a time and you can actually create smoke signals by using hay bales and like putting them underneath Um, if you just put a hay bale underneath the smoke just goes higher that's about it Um, but you can actually create smoke signals using this strategy and the fire from the campfire doesn't actually spread to anywhere so if you have wood next to your campfire it's not going to spread onto the wood Uh, And it can generate in taiga biome villages, which is actually kind of cool. Villages are trying to keep warm. So, yeah. Another new item in the game is, or another new block in the game specifically, uh, is bamboo. Uh, So bamboo generates in jungles, and, like, usually there's specific parts of jungles that will have, like, bamboo jungles, is what it's called. Uh, And essentially this is just an area that has a ton of bamboo in it, but otherwise uh, you can just find... Uh, A bit of bamboo here and there throughout the jungle as you go. And then obviously you can make a farm out of this and regrow it and whatnot. And you can also find them in ocean structure chests. So this is like the underground ocean ruins or sunken ships. You can find bamboo inside of the loot chests in there. And with bamboo, uh, you can actually make scaffolding. So basically you craft by putting six bamboo on the sides. So three on each side. Um, and one string at the top, so basically you're making the shape of leggings, and yeah, and in order for you to actually use it, uh, you can stack them on top of each other and like build to the side of it and whatnot. But it is it is kind of weird because you have to stand inside of it, and then you hold uh, jump whatever your jump button is, and you'll actually climb through the structure, like you'll climb through whatever structure you made out of the um, scaffolding. And then if you hold shift, you go down. So it's kind of difficult when you're trying to build something and you're, you want to hold shift on the end of your block. But one thing that is useful is that if you click on the sides of the scaffolding with another scaffolding block, it'll or another block in general, it'll actually place to the side of the scaffolding block, uh, which makes it so you don't necessarily need shift, but it is still kind of annoying. Um, and shift in this game has actually been changed as well so now it's it's really it's really weird to get used to but essentially you're now able to shift far enough where you can go underneath one and a half blocks so basically if you have a uh, one block with a slab on top of the block you're able to fit within a space that that matches that so if you had a if you had a two by one opening with a slab at the top of it or at a or a slab at the bottom of it you're still able to get through by shifting Um, Which I actually find to be very interesting, but it also changes where you're looking um, when you press shift in the game now. So it's kind of weird to get used to because your perspective is completely different, especially if you're someone who uses shift a lot, um, which I feel like is every Minecraft player. And... Yeah, and so one thing that's cool about scaffolding is that if you break the bottom block of scaffolding, the entire structure collapses, including the bits that are off to the side of it. Um, And that goes for only uh, scaffolding, obviously. It doesn't go for the blocks that you placed off of the scaffolding. And placing stuff in scaffolding, like I meant, it's kind of weird Um, I mentioned a little bit of how to do it, but I'd say more so experiment with it rather than me tell you. Because if I was trying to tell you, then it would get really complicated and you probably wouldn't understand. So just experiment with it for yourself. You should be able to figure figure it out within a couple minutes. It's not that hard to figure out. It's just hard to explain. So, yeah. So there's also a few new flowers in the game that give you different dyes. Yeah, that's that's really it. (laughs) Um, And now I'm going to get on to a bunch of structure, uh, new blocks that were on, that were built inside of villages now, um, and that you can craft for yourself, at least most of them you can craft for yourself. Um, And yeah, so first off, I'm going to start with the bell. The bell doesn't have a crafting recipe. And it is considered a decoration block. So if you're looking for it in creative, go to the decoration section. And it actually produces sound when you right click it, and it also vibrates. Uh, which is kind of cool. So it looks like an actual bell, uh, when you ring it, that is. Um, and it can be activated by redstone or when hit by a projectile, which is also kind of cool. And it generates in village meeting points. And when rung during a raid, which I'll talk about later, pillagers, which once again I'll talk about later, uh, will have the glowing effect for a short time. And for those of you who don't know what the glowing effect is, it essentially highlights it highlights the pillagers in like white for only a few seconds few seconds but it is still useful to know where they are coming from when they are raiding you but anyway so the next thing that we have is the blast furnace so the blast furnace uh is crafted with five iron in like the helmet shape so as if you're making an iron helmet um and then you put a furnace in the middle of the crafting grid and three smooth smooth stone along the bottom of the crafting grid and essentially the blast furnace uh smelts ores specifically so you can't cook food in it Um, twice as fast, but also uses fuel twice as fast. Um, So essentially, if you were to use, if you were to try to cook an entire stack of something, of whatever, of, like, iron ore or something like that, uh, that would usually require eight coal, and it still requires eight coal in the blast furnace. It's just that the whole process goes twice as fast. So maybe if, if cooking an entire stack of iron ore took eight pieces of coal and, like, uh, five minutes. Then cooking an entire stack of iron ore in a blast furnace would still require eight coal, but it would only be done in two and a half minutes. Uh, those aren't exact times, by the way. So, I was just using it as an example. But it generates in village armor houses, and it creates the armor class. So to kind of describe what I'm talking about right there, by it creates the armor class. So the different classes of villagers, which is like butcher, armor uh weaponsmith fletcher all that stuff now is assigned based off of these blocks that i'm listing off right now being in the village and the villager basically has to go up to the block and become whatever that block allows so like for the blast furnace if you if there was no villager around a blast furnace but then all of a sudden there's a village you spawned in a villager next to a blast furnace uh, it might take a second, but they'll essentially be turned into the Armorer class, and then you're able to trade with them uh, the same things as a Armorer previously would. Yeah. And it's actually cool because the new uh, UI, the user interface, uh, for the villagers is very helpful, and it actually shows kind of experience for how much trust you've made with them in order to make new trades, so you're able to see how far off you are with them uh, until you're able to unlock a new trade. Uh, and then it'll also show on the side what all the different trades are that they have, um, so that you don't have to keep scrolling through and try to memorize it. And yeah, the user interface, the UI, whatever you want to call it, is so much easier um, to understand now. And it's very helpful. Anyway, besides all that, our next block is the smoker. So the smoker is crafted with a furnace in the middle, just like the blast furnace. Uh, with like four wood logs or stripped logs on all adjacent sides. So basically the top middle, the top middle, the bottom middle, the left middle, and the right middle. And yeah, that's, that's the crafting recipe. And it cooks food specifically. So the blast furnace was specifically for ore. And now the smoker is specifically for food. Faster than a furnace. So this is exactly the same thing as a blast furnace just for food instead of ores. These can be found inside of butcher shops and villages, uh, and it creates the butcher class. So that's pretty much how all these are going to go, is that they are found inside of whatnot's uh, houses or shops or whatever, and then it creates that class. So now there's a barrel as well. The barrel is crafted with six wood planks at the sides and a slab at the bottom uh, and on the top. Uh, Three planks going down the left side, three planks going down the right side, and then a wooden slab on both the top and the bottom of the crafting grid top middle and uh, bottom middle and this is a storage block it has the same exact space as a chest Uh, you can't double them up like chests so you can't make uh, double barrels (laughs) but it can be opened even with a block above it unlike chests can and it generates inside of villager uh, fisher buildings Uh, and it obviously creates the fisher class then a cartography table is our next block, uh, and it is crafted using two paper placed horizontally above two planks placed horizontally. So it's basically making a two by two crafting space, and it is a block that is used for expanding and locking maps. And locking maps causes the map to be unchangeable. I don't know why you'd want to lock a map, but that's what it does. And it is found in a uh, it's found in cartographer houses. Um, and it creates the cartographer class. Our next block is the composter. It is crafted using three planks at the bottom with two fences on both sides. So essentially three wooden planks at the bottom, like I said, and then two fences um, on the left side, and then two fences on the right side as well. And it kind of makes the shape of a cauldron, if you were to be making a cauldron. And essentially what you do is you put compostable items in it Um, and it will compost into bone meal. And you just keep uh, putting items in it um, until it reaches a certain limit, and then it'll all disappear, and then it'll give you a bone meal. And this is found in the little farm sections that you'll find in villages, and it creates the farmer class. Then you have the fletching table, which is crafted using four planks in a crafting table fashion, uh, with two flints above it. it, horizontally, obviously. And there's no player functionality right now, but it will be added later in the game. But it is found inside of Fletcher Houses, and it creates the Fletcher class, so it still is useful for getting the Fletcher Villager. Then you also have the Smithing Table. Uh, This is crafted using four planks in a crafting table fashion once again, uh, with two iron ingots above it. So basically the exact same crafting recipe as the Fletching Table, but instead of flint, you use iron ingots. And once again, there's no player functionality, but it does create the toolsmith class, and you can obviously find it inside of the toolsmith houses. Next, you have the stone cutter, which is crafted using one iron ingot in the center of the crafting grid with three stone lining the bottom. And this block is used to create all stone-related blocks without losing uh, a lot of stone. So essentially what it is is you take a piece of cobblestone and you're able to cut it into whatever shape you want, which is like a wall, uh, a slab, or stairs. So instead of wasting uh, six pieces of cobblestone to make only four stairs, you can use six pieces of cobblestone to make six stairs. And then you don't have to waste cobblestone either. Like if you only wanted two slabs before, you had to make six six slabs and then leave four extra. But now all you have to do is make two slabs at a time if you want to. Um, and then for a wall, once again, this is just a to save, uh, to save resources if you don't want to make six walls at a time. But the stairs is mainly what I'm happy about because it always frustrated me that you use six pieces of cobblestone to only make four stairs. <laughs> it never made sense to me. But yeah, so you can find these inside of mason houses, uh, and it creates the mason class. Next, you have the grindstone. Uh, which is crafted using one stone slab uh, at the top middle, two sticks in the bot in the like the top two corners with two planks below the sticks. Um, and that's it's one plank below each stick. So there's two planks total, <laughs> but yeah, and it kind of forms the hat or the helmet crafting recipe. The grindstone is used to repair items, uh, and also it can unenchant non-curse enchantments. So if you didn't want efficiency on your pickaxe for whatever reason, you can take it off. But if you had Curse of Vanishing on your pickaxe, you were not able to take that off. Uh, and you can find these inside of Weaponsmiths, uh, which creates the Weaponsmith class. And the Weaponsmiths are actually the blacksmiths that, uh, in the game. But now they're called Weaponsmiths. So, yeah. Next, we have a loom which is crafted by placing two planks horizontally with two string above it horizontally. uh, And it creates patterns. Like you can, you create patterns in the game um, and then you put the pattern in with a die and a banner and it essentially adds that pattern onto the banner uh, using whatever color die you wanted to. And so it's it's quicker than having to try and uh, put it directly on the banner Uh, because that can be frustrating sometimes. And the loom is found inside of shepherd houses, uh, and it creates the shepherd class. Next we have the lectern, which is crafted using three slabs at the top and one in the bottom middle, uh, with a bookshelf in the center. Uh, And essentially what you do is you put a book in it with writing, and I think it has to be signed, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, but essentially, depending on what page you are on, it can actually give off a redstone signal to a comparator. Uh, like, And it changes the strength of the redstone signal from the comparator. And this is obviously found inside of libraries, uh, and it creates the librarian class. So now we're moving away from the villager blocks, uh, slash, like, I guess useful blocks like the ones that's used to craft and make items and whatnot Um, but yeah so now we have the lantern which is crafted with one torch in the center of eight iron nuggets Um, so it's a pretty simple crafting recipe um, but it can get expensive considering that is almost an entire uh, iron ingot per lantern And this can be found inside of snowy villages as a lighting source as well if you don't want to craft it and you just want to steal it from them. (laughs) And it generates the same amount of light as glowstone, torches, sea lanterns, etc. There's only a few blocks in the game that don't generate that much light. Next we have the jigsaw block, which is a technical item in the game, which technical items in the game mean that it's only attainable using commands. So this is kind of like the command block, Uh, and it is actually used to generate structures by putting in a certain command. So this is something that people kind of kind of already had, but not as a specific block, and so this is really helpful for those technical Minecraft players who uh, want to build structures quickly, or even if you want to build a, a structure quickly uh, that is already in the game, you are able to do that. So, new items. So moving away from blocks and now into items, we have the banner patterns, which go inside of the loom, and it is created with paper and the corresponding pattern. So, like, you can use a sunflower to create the sunflower pattern. You can use vines to create, like, I guess, a vine pattern. I'm not good at explaining these because the patterns are based off of what the items you put in it are. So, like, if you wanted a, a brick looking background, you could put brick with a piece of paper and you create the brick pattern. Um, and then, once again, you put these inside, you put the patterns inside of the loom, which then you put with dye and another, and a banner and then you're able to put that pattern onto the banner using that. Now we also have a new weapon, which is the crossbow. Uh, It is crafted using an iron ingot at the top middle with sticks on either side, a trip hook wire in the center, or not trip hook wire, but just a trip hook um, in the center with string on either side with a stick at the bottom middle. So that's like the most complicated crafting recipe that um, comes out of these new Uh, items and blocks in the game um but essentially it is uh stronger than uh a bow uh it is slower to reload though um but you can keep it in your inventory loaded so you can quickly uh pull it out and shoot it um before you have to like reload it but it does take a while for it to reload um And there's actually enchantments that are specifically for it, which is the multi-shot, which shoots three arrows in multiple directions at the same time. Quick charge, which decreases the reload time. And piercing, which projectiles uh, pierce through enemies, so essentially you can get collateral hits. Um, So if there is like a a zombie with a creeper behind it, you can shoot uh, your crossbow with piercing on it and it would hit both of them. This is also very helpful because if there's only one mob, then you're still able to collect your arrows again off of the ground um, because it'll just keep going through mobs. I don't know if there's a stopping point. Like I don't know if once it goes, once it hits the third mob, if it uh, stops and hits them, um, or if it just continues to travel until it hits a block. Uh, this can actually shoot fireworks if you really want to. Um, so if you want to shoot fireworks at a crossbow, I don't think it does any damage, but it would. Kind of be cool, um, and you can get the crossbow from pillagers, which will once again we'll be talking in, about in at the end of kind of like my descriptions and stuff because they're kind of the main part of this. The whole village system that I just talked about earlier um, was one was basically one half of the main part of this game, and then the other or this update, and then the other half is the pillagers, which I'll be talking about near the end. Um, But yeah, so one thing that's actually cool is that they've added dyes uh, instead of just using items. And what I mean by this uh, is that instead of using lapis as blue dye, or cocoa beans as brown dye, or ink sacs, uh, etc. as dyes, now they have specific dyes um, that you can also make using other items so that you don't have to waste all of your lapis that you might want to use for enchanting just to make uh, some blue dye. Um, or to make blue items. Another new thing is sweet berries, which grow on bushes, and they are actually a food item. Um, They are found inside of taiga biomes, Um, and I'm pretty sure that's the only place you can find them. Uh, You can find them inside of loot chests, um, but I think that's for uh, taiga-specific villages. Um, But... I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. I'm pretty sure it's just only taiga. And then there's also a new thing that's kind of funny to me. They're called suspicious stews, which is crafted using a bowl, a red mushroom, and a brown mushroom with any flour. So basically you're making mushroom soup, except for you add a flour into it. And depending on the flour, it gives you various status effects uh, for about five seconds. Um, so each flower has a specific status effect that it'll give you if you make it into a suspicious stew. Um, I'm not going to go through all of them because obviously that's a very long list of stuff. Um, but it also gives you saturation uh, so and food points. So that's it is helpful. So now on to the new mobs. Uh, so now there are cats in the game. So that might sound weird because there were already cats, but what this means is that before there were ocelots and there were tamed cats, but now there's just cats. Um, and this... and what. Cats do, they just kind of wander around villages as strays. Um, and black cats can actually spawn in witch huts, which is kind of cool. <laughs> um, and uh, another difference to cat to tamed cats in specific um, is that they will actually sleep on you when you sleep at night, so they'll like sleep in your bed. Um, and untamed cats will now despawn and spawn on their own. Um, because there's, I mean, there's a lot of them that can be around villages, so, uh, but anyway, uh, you can now also change the, uh, the color that's on the collars of cats, of tamed cats, uh, which you could always do with dogs, or at least for a long time, I don't exactly know when you were able to dye their collars, um, but before it used to only be dogs that you could, like, change the color of their collar, but now it's for cats as well, which is cool. Another new mob is Pandas, and these guys are adorable. Um, (laughs) They spawn in bamboo forests uh, that are in jungles, and they'll actually eat bamboo items. I'm pretty sure that's how you breed them. Um, And you can actually get different emotions from them, which I find kind of cool. And you can actually tell what it is based off of their face, like they might have a smiley face or an angry face, um, because they can be playful, uh, they can be lazy, they can be aggressive, or they can be worried um i'm pretty sure the most common one is worried um and i think that's just like the normal thing so i don't think it's like necessarily that they're worried but that's just the normal panda type situation um but the playful ones are so adorable because they will like roll around and run around um and uh they'll like They'll kind of roll onto their back and then kind of just move their feet up into the air at, like they're swiping at something. It's it's really adorable. <laughs> um, but uh, pandas actually do have a rare brown variant. And one thing that I also noticed is that baby pandas can sneeze and it'll startle the parent. That is so great. Uh, Yeah. Um, but anyway, besides pandas, there are also foxes in the game now. These guys are also adorable. They don't really do anything adorable besides sleep, um, at night. Like, they'll cuddle up with each other and they'll sleep. Um, but they spawn in taiga biomes. Uh, they're as fast as ocelots and you need to approach them the same way as ocelots. Um, which is, like, slow and crouched. And they'll actually pick up items and drop them, kind of like dolphins in the game. Uh, and they will actually breed using sweet berries, which is why they're both in the taiga biome. Uh, and they will actually attack rabbits and chickens, just like wolves will attack sheep. But now wolves will also attack foxes, which is kind of sad, but it's the way the world works. There's also wandering traders uh, in the game which are essentially just wandering villagers that will trade stuff with you. And they only spawn uh, one at a time around the world, and they will sell items based on the biome that they are in. Uh, And once you lock a trade, you can't unlock it until the next time they respawn. Uh, And that's because they obviously can't restock because they're not in a village. Um, At least that's kind of the idea of it. Uh, And you can... And essentially they come back every two to three days, uh, but they will disappear for that amount of time. I don't know how to identify where they are exactly. I don't know if they just spawn near players and then you just kind of see them about. But, yeah, I have no idea how you find where these guys are, if they can just spawn anywhere in the world or something like that. I don't know. Look it up. Maybe you'll find something out. But they'll actually spawn with a trader llama, which is kind of like, carrying stuff with it, and actually has a custom uh, carpet skin on it, which is kind of cool um, because you can put carpets on llamas to make them have cool, like, skins and stuff. But essentially, they will actually attack zombies and Illager variants or anything that has harmed the trader. So if you punch the trader, the llama will start to attack you. Um, and, yes, the llamas do attack you. <laughs> It's the same way as if you were just to punch a llama in the real world. They'll start spitting at you and stuff. Um, but yeah. Uh, so villages now, I'm moving on from mobs, by the way, but villages look completely different now and also have new types of buildings, which was everything I just talked about where you can find like, I mean, previously we had libraries, but they changed what the libraries look like. Uh, they have mason houses now. They have, they've changed the name from blacksmith to uh, weaponsmiths. As well, and then yeah, there's so many new buildings, and they've changed every single look of a building. Um, And honestly, the villages look way better now. Iron golems are now way more likely to spawn in villages because they've actually changed how that works. Uh, And villagers will now sleep in their beds, and that's how you breed them essentially Uh, instead of doors because it used to be doors that would make a village, but now it's a bed. And one cool thing is that villagers will actually stay around the vicinity of the block that gives them their class. But if you were to take away the block, then they would lose their class. And by losing their class, I mean they'll turn into a nitwit and essentially won't have anything to trade with you um, and kind of just stand around doing nothing. And also two villagers can, cannot have the same block um, for their classes. Um, so, like, you can't you can't put two nitwits next to the same block and expect both of them to turn into, let's say, a weaponsmith or whatever the block gives them. Um, but now there's also new loot tables for chests that are inside of villages, and you can find them in more areas than just the weaponsmiths or what was used to be called blacksmith. Um, but, yeah. So, now I'm going to get into the pillager part of the update, um, which... Essentially, Pillagers are a new mob that are a subset of Illagers, um, which are like the Vindicator, Witch, and Evoker, and they actually wield crossbows. Uh, So that's also another way you can get crossbows is by killing a Pillager. And there are also now Ravagers in the game, which are used by the Pillagers, and they'll actually ride them, with, because they are basically these huge bulls with armor and saddles. And I mean, they are very tough to kill. Um, and they will destroy any crops and leaves that they run into. At first, I thought these guys were just like, I guess, like, uh, I mean, no, I just thought that they were smaller than they actually are because they are huge. I mean, like, they are really big. But yeah, so besides the new mobs in the game. There is also new structures, which are the pillager outposts where pillages, pillagers will be located. Uh, they'll be in the same um, area as a village, um, but they don't always spawn next to a village. So so you don't always have to you don't always expect a watchtower where there is a village in that biome. But yeah, so they have a main watchtower, which is what I just mentioned, with surrounding structures that, uh, and the main watchtower has a loot chest at the top of it but surrounding pillagers will attack you when they know that you are in the tower, uh, which is kind of cool. And the side buildings that go around it are, like, tents, uh, cages, and sometimes the cages will actually have trapped iron golems inside, which is kind of cool. And they'll also have, like, piles of wood or scarecrows, etc. Pillagers will also respawn in the outposts, um, so you can't really entirely kill them off. Um, but patrols will spawn near outposts, and if you kill the, uh, the patrol leader, which is shown by, by them like holding a banner, um, you will get the bad omen effect. And the bad omen effect uh, lasts forever unless you drink milk. And when you enter a village with the effect, uh, you will trigger a raid to happen. Um, And essentially, you know when the raid starts because a boss bar will appear on the top of your screen that says Raid. And every uh, pillager that you kill during this raid will cause the bar to lower. While the raid is happening, uh, villagers will actually run inside and try to hide from the pillagers. And it's only on hard difficulty that they can actually break down the doors. And I'm pretty sure that's even Vindicators specifically that can break down the doors. Um, But essentially... The, uh, the raid will, be, will start from any direction uh, of the village, so it's actually kind of useful to have the bell so you know where they are. Um, and there are like higher level raids. There's like low level raids and then there's higher level raids. The low level raids will just have like one wave of just pillagers and vindicators. Uh, then there will be higher level raids, um, which require like the bad omen effect to stack and you'll start getting tougher enemies like witches or evokers and ravagers. More of them will come, and there will also be, like, more waves and stuff like that that will be attacking from different directions. So it can get pretty insane if you just keep stacking your bad omen effect. Um, But this also allows you to essentially farm for totems of undying, uh, which is useful, and then they'll also drop, like, emeralds. So they still have the same dropping stuff as the other illagers in the game, which is helpful. Uh, And a raid can even trigger inside of a player-made villages, which is kind of cool because, I mean, it makes sense because in the game uh, you can make your own village um, because the game has specified conditions in order for an area to be considered a village, which now is considered based off of the beds instead of doors, which is what I mentioned earlier. Um, And this is actually the same concept of how you make an iron golem farm is by making a village, and then the center of the village would be over some kind of hole that the Iron Golem would fall into, and then you'd kill the Iron Golem in order to get iron. But except for this time, if you had the bo- bad omen effect, and you went near your iron, go- iron Golem farm, then raiders will try to attack the Iron Golem farm, which hopefully they won't be able to, because I'm pretty sure all of them are floating. Yeah, so they will even attack a village that you have made yourself, uh, if you have done that, I have no idea what happens if... Because currently I am I have a server, and my base will have a underground village. So I'm kind of curious as to what will happen if I were to trigger the bad omen effect while I'm in my underground village. Like, I don't know if they'll just spawn up top inside of the jungle I'm in. Uh, or if they'll spawn in the caves below, maybe, and they'll attack from... Uh, the underground, which would actually be kind of interesting. But yeah, so besides all that, a summary of the Pillage and Village or Village and Pillage, whatever the title of this big title update is, um, the summary is that, honestly, Minecraft is becoming a very dynamic game. And what I mean by this is that mobs are now attacking other mobs naturally um, and, like, it makes sense why they're attacking Uh, more complicated systems and species like the raids uh, and the pandas with the different emotions, Uh, foxes killing chickens and rabbits while the wolves are killing the foxes. So it's like it's one of those pictures of the um, like fox that is stalking a rabbit with a wolf that's or a wolf that's stalking a fox that is stalking a rabbit, Um, which is a very like classic picture I feel like that that I've seen. Um, but I am giving this an 8 out of 10 for the pure fact that there are so many bugs in the game right now. Um, and they said that they're, all, that they're fixing them all on 1.14.1, which I really hope they do because a lot of them are kind of game-breaking. Like, the Ender Dragon right now is kind of all left up. Um, but, yeah. Uh, and another reason I'm giving it 8 out of 10 is because they haven't added some of the, like, the functionalities into the game. Um, and I know that's a more minor thing, but... I mean, if you say you're going to release something, at least release the entire thing. Because I feel like it's becoming a very big trend nowadays where games will release uh, something initially, and then they'll have a update later on that will actually fully make the thing whole, uh, which is kind of annoying. That's kind of how Halo worked, where they, um, they had the campaign first, and then they added the multiplayer in a separate update. Same thing with Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, I don't think Spider-Man had it I don't know I can't remember all of them off the top of my head but games have been doing a lot recently and it's kind of frustrating um, and that's one reason why it's 8 out of 10 for me um, but yeah it's kind of annoying that they just leave a crap ton of bugs uh, in the game and it honestly just leaves a bad impression especially to anyone who's new to Minecraft um, and it just it just leaves a bad impression but um, besides all of that Make sure you check out our social media like Discord, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out our website as well, which has like YouTube channels on gaming, Twitch streams on gaming, um, and obviously this podcast as well. Uh, and also, the music at the beginning and end of this podcast is made by DJ Augie, which we'll also have a link in the description. Um, but besides all that, game on.